Good morning. My name is Stuart Davidson. I'm the pastor here at Eastern Shore Baptist Church. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. You can learn more about our church by visiting our website, www.myesbc.net. Of course, if you would like to visit us on a Sunday morning, you'll see that we have life group classes or Sunday school classes that start at 9 a.m. And our service starts every Sunday at 1010 a.m. Come by and see us. God bless you. And I hope that you are motivated to look more like Jesus through today's podcast. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much again for tuning in this morning. You know, God is, is doing some amazing work. And he's doing it in some amazing ways. I have been the pastor at Eastern Shore Baptist Church for over nine years. This is actually my 10th Easter celebrating resurrection here with you. And every year at Easter, every Resurrection Sunday I've ever experienced here at Eastern Shore Baptist Church, I've experienced it with baptism. Every single Easter, I've always baptized somebody. God has always brought somebody that wants to, to capitalize on Resurrection Sunday. What a powerful memory to know that every Easter that goes by, that person can remember they were baptized on that day. And the other day, I was in my truck, and I was heading home, and it kind of hit me that Easter was coming, and we would not be worshiping the same way that we normally do, that for the better part, our auditorium, our sanctuary would be fairly empty. And it hit me all of a sudden that this would be the first year that I would not be able to baptize somebody on an Easter Sunday. And that really grieved me. It, it, it really hurt my spirit. And so I began to pray there in my truck. And I, I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I'm just so disappointed. I, I'm, so, I'm so disappointed, one, that we've been put into a situation like this where people are having to worship from at home instead of being able to come here on an Easter Sunday. I'm, I'm so saddened by that. And, and on top of that, Lord, you know, I'm not going to be able to baptize anybody. And, and that makes me sad too, Lord. And, and I, I remember just sort of closing my prayer with, with God and just saying, God, you know, your will is going to be done here. And no matter what, uh, our people are going to continue to praise you, and I'm certainly going to continue to praise you. And it wasn't, but two hours later, I was sitting in my easy chair at my house, and we were doing some things together as a family, and my phone vibrated in my pocket, and I pulled it out, and it was a text message from Drew Baxter. And Drew, on his text message, said, Stuart, would it be okay if Huey is baptized on Easter Sunday? And at that point, I just thought to myself, you know, God, you are still working. You are still doing some amazing things. And over this entire time of being quarantined at home through this coronavirus, I've still seen God do some amazing things, and chances are you have as well. Uh, maybe you've used this time uh, where you've been at home to really invest in yourself uh, spiritually, where you've really poured yourself into God's Word, where you've been able to praise God in some ways that maybe you've never done before. I certainly hope so. Maybe God has allowed us to, to stay at home so that we can grow a stronger relationship with our spouse and with our children. Maybe you've been allowed to stay at home and, and God has taken away all the things that, are, that really busy our lives up. He's removed all of those things so that we can really spend our time focusing on Him. Well, friends, I want to remind you that God is at work 
And he's doing greater things today than he's ever done before. And the future with the Lord is brighter today than it ever was. And so this morning, we are going to get to talk about the resurrection. Jesus Christ, his life being reborn and renewed and him being reinvigorated. You know, death may be a normal occurrence in life, but it's nothing that we have to be afraid of. Maybe over the past several weeks, you start your day like I do, or you go to your television, maybe you flip on local news and and you see the death count, and you see how many people in the state of Alabama have died, and you see how many people have contracted the coronavirus, and it's something that can be very disappointing. It's always a tough way to start your day seeing death being advertised so prominently across our television screens. Well, death may be normal. It's normal. People are going to die. Even on a normal day, we know people die. But, but death, is for the believer, does not have to be anything that we are afraid of. Why? The reason why we are not afraid of death is because of today. We don't have to be afraid of death because it is Resurrection Sunday. It is Easter, and Easter brings us hope because if Jesus has defeated death, then we have defeated death. We have hope for the very first time. We have been watching TV, as most of you have, because we have had the time given to us. And, and, and maybe you have stumbled on that familiar uh, 1990s show, uh, Friends. And, and if you remember the, the show Friends, it was the theme song that kind of caught everybody's attention. And, and I want to read you the lyrics of the theme song that opens up the Friends television show. It says this, So no one told you that your life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke. You're broke. And your love life is DOA. It's like you're always stuck in second gear when, when it hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. You remember those, those lyrics? You know, some of us can relate to that first verse a little bit more than others. We've all had bad days, but for some of us, our bad days have stretched into bad weeks. For some of us, our bad days have stretched into bad months, and our bad days have even stretched into bad years. We find ourselves talking like Eeyore, one of my favorite characters from the Winnie the Pooh uh, story. We, we find ourselves talking like Eeyore, saying things, whatever can go wrong will go wrong. You've been there before. Maybe you've had a pessimistic brow-beaten, downcast view of life, and we suddenly find that we can't sleep, we've, we've lost or we've gained weight. Some days we just don't want to get out of bed. If you can relate to what I'm talking about, then you might just be dealing with depression, or you might be dealing with disappointment or disillusionment. And we've all been there because all of us are human. Friend, Today is Easter, and I don't know why you have chosen to tune in this morning. I don't know what, what you're bringing, what burdens you have. Maybe it's just out of tradition, out of duty, that you feel like you need to do something spiritual on Easter Sunday. Maybe you're, uh, maybe you're tuning in or you're here every week. Maybe, maybe you're here, but you're really not here Maybe you're wishing you were somewhere else. 
Your mind is wandering. You have a terrible week and your week is filled with terrible people. Well, friend, if that's you, if you're struggling with disillusionment, disappointment, depression, then today is for you. Because today, the message of this sermon could set you free. And the message of the cross can redeem you. Today is a day of celebration and hopefulness. And, and I understand fully, I understand that things in our country, that things in our state, that things in our community, that things in our personal life, they may not be going very good right now. I get that. But I promise you this, that God has a plan. And God is going to redeem all of this. And he's going to bring good from it. And by the way, you're not alone. We had, I had the opportunity to speak to one of my deacons the other day, and, 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 I, and I asked him how his business was going. And he said, you know, right now I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. And I said, praise the Lord. That's great to hear. And he said, but Stuart, if this lasts for another two months, I don't know what I'm going to do. Many of us are operating on razor-thin lines, and we've seen businesses closing, Businesses that have been around for a long time, closing, going bankrupt. I understand fully that life may not be going great, but I promise you this, that God is going to bring good from it. If you remember, yesterday was the saddest day on planet Earth. Saturday, the day after Good Friday, Jesus is dead. He is dead, gone in the grave. And the disciples are wondering, what are we going to do? Not only is their spiritual teacher dead and gone and buried, but their lifestyle, their way of, of gaining money, the, the way of supporting themselves is now utterly ripped out from under their feet. And they feel like they have no hope. Well, I promise you that Jesus is in the business of restoration. That God is in the business of restoring things that were once lost and he renews them once more. If you want to, you can fill out on your outline, are you depressed and disappointed? If that's you today, then today is for you. This celebration is for you. And so this morning, I want to give us a little bit of background, and I've already begun that somewhat. Jesus has died on the cross, and that's at least what Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary thought, Mary being the, the mother of Christ. And why not, by the way, those three women, they were there at the cross. They saw Jesus give up his breath. They saw him and heard him say, it is finished. They saw the spear run up into his side and blood and water flowing out. They are the ones that prepared the body of Christ. They are the ones that put the body in the tomb. They are the ones that saw the stone rolled in front of it. Jesus is gone. Roman soldiers professional killers in their own right. They confirmed that he was dead. And Jesus died so late in the day that his family didn't have enough time to properly prepare the body for burial. And so they followed an ancient tradition. They placed the body in the tomb. They observed the law of the Sabbath. And on Saturday, preventing anyone from working. And they made their way to the tomb on the first day of work, Sunday. And the ladies were depressed. They were defeated. They were massively disappointed. What about you, friend? Where are you today? Are you like those ladies? Are you feeling defeated? Are you disappointed? 
Are you feeling hurt and broken? So these ladies, they show up, and to their amazement, the soldiers ordered to guard the tomb, the soldiers are missing. They're not there anymore. They are gone. The stone that had been rolled and sealed in place by the Roman government has now been moved away from the entrance to Jesus' tomb. And friends, that's where our story begins this morning. It begins in Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. And you can read along with me. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, while they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you that while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. He must be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all of the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other woman with them who were able to tell these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them like an idle tale, and they didn't believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping in and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Oh, friends, why is the resurrection important? I'll state this very truth to you today. If Jesus is not resurrected, then everything we do as a church is built on a lie. If Jesus is not resurrected, then the Bible that we claim to be the very word of God doesn't matter. If Jesus is not resurrected, then we have no hope. We would not even know about an afterlife if Jesus Christ had not been resurrected. If Jesus is resurrected, then that means we can trust God's word with everything that we are, with everything that we know. If Jesus has resurrected, this means that we can be forgiven ultimately of all of our sins. If Jesus has been resurrected, it means that we have access to eternal life. Everything about Christianity, everything about it, hinges on the resurrection of Christ actually happening. So the resurrection matters so look at Roman numeral one. Why is the resurrection important? It makes the impossible possible. It makes the impossible possible. Talk about impossible. These ladies show up and they remember the brutality that they experienced two days ago. They remember the whipping. They remember the flogging. They remember the blood flying and spattering all over the place. They remember the, the cries of Jesus as he was nearly beaten to death. They remember the cross. They remember the tomb. They remember the stone rolling into place. It was over, totally done. There was nothing more final on planet earth than Jesus' death. He was, he was not reinvigorated. He was resurrected. And sure, Jesus had raised others from the dead, yet these 
Yet the Romans had made his death so much more. It was far worse than any death that these women had seen. Others had died from relatively natural causes. Lazarus died from natural causes. And Jesus was able to call him forth. But these women saw what happened to Jesus' physical body. They saw skin being torn and flesh being ripped apart. They knew that Jesus was dead. Trust me, when those ladies approached the grave, they were not hoping. When they approached the grave, they were not wishing that maybe Jesus would be alive. They were not thinking about a resurrection. They knew that Jesus was dead. And everybody that they had ever seen die before Jesus stayed dead. And friend, that's the way we are today. Oh, I've done hundreds of funerals. Hundreds of funerals. And every time I do a funeral, there is one thing that I never expect. I never expect that person to come back to life again. At least not in a physical form. Spiritual form, yes. But not a physical form. None of us do. And so as these women approached Jesus' tomb, they thought to themselves, it is over. Have you ever felt that way about your life? That your life is over? That your marriage is over? That your relationship is over? Your job is over? Your health is so deteriorated that maybe you even thought you were over. It's impossible. There's no hope. There's no wishful thinking. There's nothing. Everything is just over. Yet with Jesus, nothing is over. With Jesus, there's always hope, always wishing. I read a quote the other day that really marvelously illustrated this point. It says this, that when you come to the end of yourself, you find the beginning of God. When you come to the end of yourself, you find the beginning of God. And there is a lot of truth in that statement. Jesus makes the impossible possible. There have been so many times that I thought a situation was impossible. I thought I'd never graduate from high school. I thought I'd never get accepted into college. I thought I would never graduate from college. I thought I would never finish all this education. Angela and I, I, I thought Angela and I would never get back together again. How would I ever provide once we got back together again? How would I ever provide for a family? I'll never be the dad that my dad was to me. I'll never make it out of this first year pastoring. We'll never be able to afford adoption. We'll never be able to get over to China. And yet, God makes the impossible possible. The list goes on and on. Time and time, I have doubted God's ability to move in and out of an impossible situation. Yet time and time again, there Jesus goes, making the impossible possible. Jesus opened a door that no one else could open. The stone was anywhere from one to two tons, and that would have taken several strong Roman officers to move into place. It was an impossible thing to do. It was sealed by Roman chains and guarded by Roman soldiers. No one was going to go in that tomb or out of that tomb. It was impossible. Yet when the ladies arrive, the stone is missing, moved. It, it was moved. Boom. All of a sudden, the impossible becomes possible. There is nothing more final than death, and I mean nothing. I've performed so many funerals, and there's nothing more final than death Maybe taxes, but death is certainly final. 
except Jesus breaks the mold. There's no coming back from death except for Jesus. Friend, Jesus was defeated. There was a massive death that couldn't and wouldn't be overcome. That's what the devil thought. Yet in the last minute, at the last second, Jesus storms a furious comeback. Jesus erupts the grave and steals the victory from the jaws of defeat, despair, and disillusionment. Jesus obliterates death. It may have been over, but it wasn't done. Friends, if you want to remember, Jesus opened the door that no one else could open, and Jesus obliterates death. Death is not the final straw. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Praise the Lord. So why is the resurrection important? It makes the impossible possible. Uh, he makes the impossible possible, verses 1 through 3. Jesus makes the immortals praise in verses 4 and 5. It makes the immortals praised. So the ladies show up at the tomb and they encounter two men. Other gospels record that these were actually angels who had shown up to testify that Jesus had indeed raised from the dead. The women fell face down because they were frightened at the mere sight of these angels. And by the way, does this remind you of a different encounter concerning Jesus? In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33, let me read to you another encounter. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city named Galilee of Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying, and she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob, and all of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary encounters not for the first time an angel at the tomb, but for the second time an angel at the tomb. And on both occasions, she falls on her face because she's frightened. We also have some similar characters. We have angels from the Christmas story. We have Mary from the Christmas story. We also have a very similar response. Again, read and Thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast, and we hope to see you again on Sunday morning. Of course, you can also watch our services live on YouTube. Simply search Eastern Shore Baptist Church on YouTube, and at 10.05, our broadcast starts. We hope to see you soon. God bless you. And again, visit our website, www.myesbc.net. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.